Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome back it's Doctor Who here on AfterBuzz TV. I just knocked over my water. But I'm so excited to talk about Tomb of Cybermen. I don't care. I'm just going to continue moving forward. Guys, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. And thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you Stu See, this is perfect. This is like exactly accurate for this new doctor. It's just like random stuff starts happening. It's just like craziness and he, everywhere. He just rolls with it. Exactly, exactly. Yes. But I'm your host, Zach Wilson. Joining me on tonight's fantastic panel. Next to me, Tari Miller. Hey, hey. Say hello. And across the table, Megan Salinas hey, and everyone. Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. And let's dive into the tomb of the Cybermen. We can't. The water's been spilled. The, the water is fine. <laughs> Don't go cry over spilled water. <laughs> Exactly. I was going to leave that there. But the, the, <laughs> yeah, big, the no. big new thing is not the water on the table or the <laughs> Cybermen in the tombs, because they're, they're old villains at this point. Um, but Because this is, I think, the third episode, I believe, of the Cybermen. That the Cybermen? It might be the fourth. I might be off. But we had the, the, the one we reviewed last week, their first appearance in the Tenth Planet, and then you also had the Moon Base mm-hmm. from Season 4, which Season 4 of Doctor Who is basically just all missing. They they recreated Aww. the moon base as an animated uh, DVD that you can pick up, similar to how they did the last episode of the Tenth Planet. Um, but in fact, we just jumped to the first ep- this first episodes of season five uh, because it's, they actually have all of the episodes there and intact. Um, but the big change for us on this panel is. Patrick Troughton, yeah. new doctor. You can see him. I've got a little, pat, little <laughs> mini little Patrick Troughton in, in your my pocket. pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Carry him around all day. Um, what do you guys think? First reactions to this new doctor? I love this guy. Yes, I, he's just so funny. I, I I really liked William Hartnell. I thought he was very endearing, but I, I don't know if they. He just brings a new energy to the role. Yeah. Like it's kind of the doctor I'm more accustomed to seeing. The one who who is really going to go out there and you know solve this mystery. He's slightly less grumpy old men, and uh, he has a sense of humor. Oh my yeah, god, it's great! Definitely. And not just like that private, like oh he's chuckling to himself at his own private joke, like an 
actual sense of humor. Like, we'll actually crack a joke every now and then. He sasses people, and it's wonderful. Yes. Well, this is, he, this is a different... T- it's a very different take on the Doctor. I think they needed that. Yeah. At, at the time, like, you couldn't have somebody who was doing a very similar performance to William Hartnell. The idea of a new person playing this role and it not being... And, like, being within the continuity was, like, mm-hmm. all brand new. So it had to be a new person. He had to have his own take on it. Um, but from a modern Who perspective, I think this is fascinating to watch because watching Capaldi, Capaldi, whatever it is, that um, Peter, yeah, <laughs> Mr. The current, the current Doctor, um, there's so much shades of Hartnell in him, and just like everything about how the show is built right now, Troughton, you can see so much of Smith's Doctor in there. Um, and it's not an accident. There's a story that I that I heard, and it's I don't know if it's like confirmed or if it's just a rumor that uh, Matt Smith watched this episode and called Moffat in the middle of the night, like so excited about using this type of performance in his performance of the Doctor. Um, and I think that that's there's a something to be said about Troughton's performance in this episode. Like, that's all I've seen of him so far. Yeah. But. Um, he has a gravitas, but also like a lightness that is so much of what I fell in love with about the Doctor. Yeah. Um, he's really captivating. Like, you always wonder what he's going to do next, and you know it's going to be uh, both fun and clever. You know? Exactly. Um, I, the, the scene that stood out to me that really like brought this Doctor home was the scene with Victoria. Mm-hmm. When oh yeah. Uh, yeah wonderful when she's talking about or when they're talking about her father uh, having died in, a pre- in the previous episode in Victorian uh, London I guess it would have been um, and then she sort of just like runs out like running from the Daleks and the Doctor saves her but she just lost her dad. And that was the story right before this one. So goodness knows how much turnaround time they had. I'd say very little, given that in this first episode, she's still wearing the Victorian dress. Well, and it's like, we're here, let's get you some better traveling clothes, and then we'll go outside. And yeah, the the very first shot inside the TARDIS is her being like, okay, like this is the TARDIS, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah. yeah. And and we have Jamie, who we're being introduced to, but is, uh, as far as I can tell, a very much a fan favorite. Jamie makes me so <laughs> Jamie's great. Oh, my gosh. He, he tries so hard to be a man, but he's not completely stuck on being a man. It's not like the other I am the man companions that we've had. He's like, I'm going to be macho. I'm going to do it. Okay, maybe I need a little help. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of my favorite scene, I think, in this entire story arc was when the doctor goes to grab Victoria's hand to walk into the tomb, realizes he's holding onto Jamie's hand, <laughs> throws it down, and then goes back to Victoria. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, she was worried about how much she was showing in the in her dress. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite short. scene. And, but, take a length. Yeah, but Jamie's yeah. Got, skirt is even shorter. <laughs> and I love but they're like, it's freezing outside. Where are these parkas so we don't die? And here's his little bear calves. It's like, okay, you're <laughs> Scottish. I will give you a lot for that. Like, I just love that they put him in a kilt. Like, <laughs> He's very Scottish. How else are you going to know? <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it's a sci-fi show, so like, that's the kind of fun you want to be having. You could never get away with it for more than an episode today. <laughs> <laughs> having your male lead, run, or not lead, but your male, like, 
one of his one of the male stars. Do do we know if he gets to keep it? I I really (laughs) that's his default outfit. I think so because around in that kill all the dang time. Because there wasn't there wasn't like a a call out of it. It's like why are you wearing a kill? It's just that's what he's wearing. (laughs) And I love that he and the doctor have a rapport. Mm-hmm. I love that they're joking with each other. I love that they're talking. I love that they trust each other. That there's not a lot of I don't like you. Get out of my ship. <laughs> I just I like that. Uh, it's fun. It's a, he's a he's a great companion. I think that the dynamic here is very good. It's clear. It is clearly Victoria's first episode as a companion. Yeah. They're still figuring it out, but like. A lot of this story, she was a little bit one note and like the damsel in distress a little bit, and but they did a good job, I think, at getting towards something better for her. Yeah, and again, this is her first expedition with them, and so you have to give her first companion leeway, right. <laughs> your first yeah. trip companion leeway. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, everyone gets to be a little damselly on their first expedition. Yeah, I mean. That we have at least the doctors treating her with more respect. Yes. The, the people of the expedition, and we'll get into that in a minute, Katie. Don't <laughs> worry, you'll get plenty of time. Um, they, they very much are talking about like, oh, the women stay here, the women stay behind, <laughs> even though they're treating Cofton as this like very intelligent woman, like she's like super intelligent, this like, manipulator. M- yeah, mm-hmm. but she's still a woman, so she stays behind. <laughs> Um, the but, 60s! Yeah, but, yeah. and we'll, again, we will talk about all that stuff. That's pretty all much all I stuff. have to say about it is just the 60s! Because <laughs> we don't need to react. Oh, there's more. I We can't not talk about it in this episode. But anyway. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, the elephant in the room that we'll get We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I wanted to keep talking about Victoria. Don't worry. Don't worry, elephant. We'll get to you. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, Victoria. Victoria. Um, but the doctor is like, I'm telling you to stay here, and I'm making it sound like it's for their reasons. Yeah. But I need you to stay here and keep an eye on her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say that in terms of the the relationship between the Doctor and the companions, and granted, we, we did skip out on a lot of the companions after Ian and Barbara, but it's just such a change because it seems like the Doctor, because there is that trust, he treats, and I don't know if it's because he's younger now, or if it's a combination of factors, uh, just the fact that he's been traveling with constant companions for so long now, just he treats them with respect and he treats them like friends. And he has the moments where he's still like a grandfatherly figure, like when he's like, I'm 450 years old and, you know, giving advice and everything like that. But he does treat them like companions as opposed to people he's just stuck with. Exactly, and it's something that Hartnell's doctor grew had to grow to, especially mm-hmm. with Ian and Barbara. Is that like, yeah. they cemented his need for somebody, need for, for somebody to be there. Yeah. Exactly, and it's such a big part of it. And I'm not sure how long that these guys stick around. I'm not sure how much we'll be watching with them as we move through Troughton's era. But it is fun. Like, they are fun companions, especially when put against some fairly, like, bizarre <laughs> other characters in this episode. Um, but let's let's jump into the story here. Because um, we we open up on the, the planet, what was it? Talos? Talos? 
I think so. Something like Telos. that. Telos. 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 Or Telos. It's T-E-L-O-S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they land on this planet, and they find this little expedition of people going on an archaeological dit, and there's some hieroglyphs of Cybermen on the walls. <laughs> That's the point where you just go, abort, abort, we are done. Everyone yeah. back in the TARDIS. <laughs> this was fun. But they're digging up the Cybermen. They're, like, seeking them out. So I guess this is before they've really made too many problems in the world. Well, this is after they've died out. Yeah. Died out, and scare quotes. They know that they're powerful. They know that they have technology. They know that Cybermen are capable of a good number of things, but they're supposedly dead. So now we're going to go see what we can learn. Yeah. Everything's in scare quotes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Um, it's it's like uh, an archaeologist idealization of the past. It's kind of like, oh, we know that they were capable capable of bad things, but we got to know more about them. It's like in Jurassic Park, how it's like, we know yes. the dinosaurs are dangerous, but we're going to bring them to the modern world. Because that's a good idea. Because Life people find are a way. Too, they're, they're smart enough to know how to affect things and too stupid to leave well enough alone. Yeah. And that's humanity. We're dumb. We got well, we see when we see something, we have to go poke at it. When we see a big red button that says, Do not push this button, we have to go and push it. There's a yeah, there, Terry Pratchett quote if there was a button and a sign painted saying this button will end the world, don't touch it, the paint wouldn't even have time to dry. <laughs> uh I mean it's the Cybermen are a dead body and we need a stick to poke it with. Like, <laughs> uh, this was the Stand By Me episode. They all uh, become friends. And that, well, that's at least. Didn't most of the cast of Stand By Me survive? Yeah. Yeah, a little different. Well, Except the dead guy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we're not, we're not, anyway. dead to begin with. Yeah. Moving so, on. But, um,. We're not, uh, sorry, where were we? Uh, the Cybermen. Uh, the yeah, dead guy. The, yeah. um, that's at least the archaeology team's perspective on it. That's their reason. They want to study this as, like, an old monster or ancient, like, well. civilization. But the trip is being funded by Eric Klieg and his, I guess, wife, Kofton. And they're up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> they have a crazy plan that is, like, admittedly full of a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, he wants to... He believes that the Cybermen are a purely logical race. And that his magicians... Was it magicians or mathematicians? Oh, it's or? logician. It's like the League of Logicians. Logicians. The League of yeah. Logicians. Okay, I thought they were saying magicians the whole time. <laughs> Which I would totally watch a TV program where the League of Logicians was the villains. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be great. We're the League of Logicians. I think we just watched that. <laughs> Can we? No, I want, I want the Doctor to come across them again, like the full-on League. <laughs> <laughs> just, everything has... It, well, it's Spock. It's the Vulcans. That's that's that. If Spock had delusions of grandeur, maybe evil Spock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Soundwave, <laughs> Shockwave, rather. Yeah, Shockwave. Yeah, Shockwave. Transformers uh, references continue. <laughs> but so there, I mean, their basic thing is he, he's thinking that if the, since the Cybermen are purely logical, and he thinks he's being purely logical, he will they will naturally work with him to conquer the world. The, the Human race. beings are never purely logical. I was going to say, yeah, the race of unfeeling metal men will totally be so grateful <laughs> that they will just follow you to the end of the earth. I think he's hoping that at first, at least, that it's not about being grateful, 
it's about yeah. logically this is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. It's not what they're about. Right they, thing to do. Yeah, the the Cybermen's motives, at least as we know them, are to upgrade and remove fear. Uh, that's like their only desire or programming, I guess you well, could argue. At this point, it's mostly it's all about survival. To them, mm-hmm. it's all about building. The, I mean, they're not at the point where they're like, everyone is inferior. We must uh, update. It's more just like we need more Cybermen. We're running out of Cybermen. Let's make more Cybermen. Yeah, there's this is, like twenty, and they're running us. out of power too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This isn't so much of a tomb as it is a hibernation chamber. They go in. They fr- they've frozen themselves in this like weird little maze where you can solve the entrance via a puzzle, <laughs> a binary puzzle that will get you into opening the hatch. So I guess that means that only smart people can be t- only dumb smart can people. <laughs> Well, it's a well, high intelligence score and a low wisdom well, score. Well, they, they knew exactly that the only people that would be able to get them out of this would be intelligent people. But, again, wisdom versus intelligence, they're two different things. Knowledge versus intel- or wisdom is two different yeah, things. Yeah, but once you're a Cyberman, you don't need wisdom. And you just were, have to follow what the controller says. And exactly. human beings are inquisitive by nature. So they knew, they knew that if they just put this thing that humans would want to explore... <laughs> That eventually, you know, intelligent beings who are good candidates to be Cybermen would come and let them out. Mm-hmm. Here's a dead body, and here's a very complicated stick. Have fun, guys! <laughs> yeah, the first, the door is electrified to kill the first oh, person to, to touch it. To kill the dummies. <laughs> yeah. But just the first one. What I love is that that guy dies, and then the, his captain basically says, you are not paying well enough for this. You guys can continue on, you archaeologists and you people who came from nowhere. My crew and I are going back to the rocket to sit this one out. It's like, you would survive a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you essentially did. Good yeah, job. I mean, he made it. So did, did all the NPCs. Did <laughs> did anybody else get, like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, the, the mummy movie from the 90s. Did anybody <laughs> else get, like, a fun, like, ancient tomb vibe? Because you always yeah. had to go through those booby traps and everything. Right. Like yeah. That. So much fun. No, this but is this total... one wasn't filled with snakes or anything. No, none of the man-eating yeah. scarab beetles. Just logic. Well, it's just got... Well, cyber mat. Cyber yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> the equivalent. Close enough. <laughs> the equivalent of snakes, we get the intro... I believe the introduction of the cyber mat. A little mouse-like <laughs> little robot. These ones look like little fish. Roly-polies. Uh, like, they look yeah. like uh, silverfish. Silver fish, yeah. They're silverfish with fangs. That's great. <laughs> They're literal silverfish. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the size of potatoes, and they have fangs. And they want yeah. to eat your brain. <laughs> <laughs> what They're was so it? Cute. Zombie potato silverfish. Um, there's a... Oh my, is the, I, if I wasn't sure that I was going to enjoy this doctor, there's a moment where he's talking about where the size mats where they like get they electrify them so that they like they break down and he just goes you might say they had a complete metal breakdown uh, <laughs> and Jamie just goes oh I knew I liked Jamie like that was the best exchange ever like the doctor made a pun and his companion was annoyed with him <laughs> you know that they know each other by this point. Um, like, I can say this, and I'll be happy, and he'll hate it. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, but just that, like, I, that idea that the doctor is having fun yeah. in the worst circumstances. He's doing is, it for the vine. Yeah. For the what? <laughs> for the vine. 
Never mind. <laughs> Continue. What? Like the six-second yes! video? Oh. <laughs> do it for the vine. You do something crazy or stupid or fun just to get that six-second video that everyone shares Is and passes around. Is that what the around. kids are saying uh, these days? Yeah. Totally. Have you never yeah. heard that? No. Yeah, no. And I'm, I'm that afraid and for the world. That and Ugh. Ugh. I, like Jamie, I'm just going. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely focused. right. Again, I I think that says a lot about how far this character has come, and just the fact that he's now able to make these relationships with people. He's grown past the the grumpy old man who's like, I don't need anybody except yeah. I do. <laughs> he's, I Go ahead. Oh, well, he's willing to admit, I think, at this point, that he wants companions around. He's he's older but younger. Um, he's <laughs> yeah. 450 years old. We got a number this time. Yeah, uh, did we ever get a number with Hartnell? I don't it think so. It was kind of just left ambiguous. He's just yeah. old. Yeah. yeah. They don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about Gallifrey. They don't talk about two hearts. They don't talk about his age. Keeps it close to the chest. Although we're getting closer and closer to Gallifrey becoming a thing. I think that's coming up soon. I don't know exactly when, but soon. I think what's really helped our enjoyment of this and of this doctor is that the pacing has gotten so much better. Yeah. The doctor moves fast. The companions move fast. It's something we're more accustomed to. And in First Doctor, this would have taken five, six, seven episodes to tell. And here it's like four. Something happens in everyone. Go, 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 go. Okay, we're good. Yeah, well, you're getting into that. After five seasons of this, or after four seasons of this, you're getting into your fifth. At this point, BBC's willing to give them some money. True. Um, you can tell just the shooting style evolves a little bit. They go outside. I be- it looks like they go outside at certain points. The Cybermen mm-hmm. got an upgrade. They They're did. no longer. They don't have the socks over their faces <laughs> anymore. They they look like metal men more or less, and they mm-hmm. lost the spotlight. I'm not complaining. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, they get their weapons <sighs> built into them, like the Cybermen that we are more familiar with. Um, they they basically shoot like lightning, which those effects were kind. of cool. Remember, it's 1967, so... And even the Cybermats, obviously, you know, they look a little bit silly, but they were essentially little remote-controlled little things. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they they were controlling them from underneath the set, or if they were remote-controlled devices. But they were were moving around, wagging their little tails, and they were just being super cute. There's the moments where they fall on their side, and they (laughs) use the tail. They like, it's like, it's really slow, but it's like, (laughs) is is it gonna get on its side? Is it gonna... uh, Oh, it's back on its feet. had wire work in oh, this yeah. episode. We had people <laughs> picking up Cybermen and throwing them. That was like, pretty funny. You could totally <laughs> tell that this guy's on wires, but they had the funding for that setup. Right. For yeah. the wires, for the scaffolding, for the harness, for the everything. For stunt work, for yeah. like fight sequences, for like gas and explosions type well, explosions in quotation Actually, marks. Actually, yeah, when they when they shot that, that weapon and it caused an explosion on the other side of the room, I, I audibly mm-hmm. was like, whoa! Because like, I hadn't seen that from this show before because our experience with Doctor Who weapons prior to this was somebody you know, they put their hand on someone's head or like the film would turn a different color because right. they couldn't actually afford yeah. any explosions. Which were great effects, mind yeah, you. Yeah, no, they were great. When you have to do things practically, that's a great way to do it. And so like, now they can add the little lightning shooting from the Cyberman's arm, which is a nice touch, but then they can have like the Cyberman dies and like he foams over. Yeah! yeah. Which was a cool little that's a cool way to die, I guess. 
guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely did not see that coming when all of a sudden, like, it starts spouting. I was like, oh, but he's bubbles now. That's uh, that's kind of gross. Are you okay? I don't think you're okay. Are His your intestines are, bubble? I give up. His insides were liquefying. Uh-huh. Yeah. That can't be good. I mean, well, let's talk about the, the cyber, like, gun, I guess you could call it at this point. Because they, they stumble upon this room with, like, a hypnotized screen that they don't really go into very much. Not really. Um, I guess it would be maybe a way, maybe to step in the conversion, in the well, up, the upgrade. That would make sense. It Could was be. a targeting system. I thought they said. Well, there like, was that. There were. There was that's two. True. There was two things in that room. There was the the wall that turned on the hypnotized thing. Right. And then you hit another switch and. A dead Cyberman like pops out of the wall like a gun target, and a gun like shoots out and kills him. Right. Um, what I had interpreted it as is like uh, our measly human brains couldn't interpret it, but the patterns of the movement were a way of to help them hone in on what the target was going to be. That it was a targeting grid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they said something like oh, that. I think you're right. Yeah. I miss that. So um, your puny human brain uh, <laughs> process it. I need an upgrade. We watched it with subtitles. Upgrade. So that really helped. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how you guys can help us upgrade? Ah. Oh, smooth. You can go on to iTunes. And we talk about it every week, um, but it really does make a difference. It helps not just this show, but all of the shows here at After Buzz TV. It helps, pe- it helps the, sh- the network get sponsors. It helps shows get guests. It helps people find, just other fans, it helps them find this podcast. Your ratings, your reviews make a world of difference and by giving a, giving us a review you get a shout out on the the main Doctor Who show once a week which there's two more episodes left you guys two more a two part finale of the of se- season series 8 of Doctor Who not the classic one it's confusing <laughs> i know sometimes but um, the capaldi Doctor Who, two more episodes. Go on there. You'll get a nice shout-out and really just help everyone out. So please go on there. Hit us with a review. And uh, there's always discussions going on on YouTube, too. So uh, tune in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get back into this. Yes. Um, so the, the the cyber gun that they find, that Klieg decides... This is, this is one of those things that you're like, all right old storytelling. Um, <laughs> we're going to blink and just pretend this is okay. Um, uh, he's going to conquer when he when the Cybermen don't listen to him and they like try to convert their servant and like so they're, they're like we're, we're not talking we're, we're saving that stuff. We're going to talk I, about it. I, we will talk about it. I will it. wait for you to cue me before yes. I start on anything like that. Uh, I, 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 I get it. <laughs> um, Go. But um he decide he finds this gun that like the Cybermen designed, and decide that this is how he's going to kill or rule the Cybermen with a single gun. You're cute, Klieg. <laughs> I think at this point there's a problem with considering yourself to be a perfectly logical person. There's a good amount of self delusion that comes with that, and. It gets to the point where you're Anne Rand and you're so convinced that your opinions are correct and logical and everyone else is just wrong that obviously his plan must succeed because it's the logical plan and obviously he's had setbacks. Well, the logical thing to do is this. He's getting very desperate and getting emotional and refuses to accept it as such. Obviously it's logic because obviously he only thinks in logic. So this gun, we can see it as a terrible plan. 
why would you go back down there? You're not being smart. <laughs> but he's so certain that it's logical and so certain that he's right that it's almost impossible to talk him out of it at this point in time. Yeah, right. well, at a certain point, human emotion kills all logic. Like, it's way, emotion is, and this is, I think, a huge part of the, the Cybermen. Emotion is way more powerful than logic. And the thing is, mm-hmm. he's denying his emotions and saying, oh, it's logic. I'm feeling a thing, but it's not feeling. It must be logic because I'm logical. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that emotions win because of when Craig fought off the, <laughs> this himself turned into a Cyberman away <laughs> down in the lodger. Or no, that was whatever. Whatever that episode was called. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so the, this is this, an interesting point where the Cybermen are, they're like trying to not upgrade themselves, but, like, just protect themselves. So they take Toberman, and they're going to upgrade him to battle everyone. Um, I guess this is a different, something just different about the Cybermen, um, log- or, like, the way that this, the mythology mm-hmm. of this time, because he's strong. Like, what did the, what did the, I wrote the quote down. Like, your superior strength, uh... Uh, yeah. Whatever the quote was, they 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 need his like. This is a muscular well, human. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. They they don't have, I guess, the capability to fully convert somebody to a Cyberman. It's kind of like using the the earbuds that they do. Um, was it season who? two? Yeah. yeah. Um, to to convert somebody, as opposed to like mm. we're gonna go ahead and take out all your insides and turn you into a Cyberman with metal parts and stuff. Yeah, very right. true. I'd forgotten about that. That then they returned. Um, but of course, he can be shaken out of it. All the doctor has to do is like. They tried to make you one of them. You're a human. And then he wakes up. And You're a people. And, like, I, I was sitting here and just kind of thinking back to see er, to series two and just going, I did my duty. And I was just so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was kind of a power of friendship save, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Doctor Who's allowed to do that every now and then. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who. It can do power of friendship all at once. Yeah, he just saw his... Best uh, master, yes. <laughs> best lady employer? friend killed. Yeah, let's go with employer. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like lady friend. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, no wonder Craig was so desperate. <laughs> I have competition. Um, but so we have the the cyber controller uh, trying to like fight them off, and at a certain point, like he's the only one left, and we have him being like thrown around like a puppet. Like up a in the doll. control firework. <laughs> well, and, and I believe what it, it looks like they had a prop dummy. A yeah, prop yeah. Dummy. yeah. He, he goes off screen and then comes back, and so I was like, <laughs> "That is not a person anymore. <laughs> that is a doll." Um, but it was a good fight sequence. Yeah. It was fun. Um, yeah. Did you did you guys think that there was any point in which they should have left earlier? <laughs> Like, Try all of them. Well, they, they, <laughs> a guy got electrocuted. Goodbye. I mean, that's always what happens in these kind of expedition things. Like, you you trip a couple booby traps, and instead of seeing the writing on the wall, you're like, nope, let's keep going for uh, history and stuff and fame and fortune and 
stuff. But they do, to their credit, they do try, but the ship has been sabotaged by, you know, our good friends over here, um, who are super logical and everything like that. So, so they were stuck. They, I think at one point they did elect, they're like, okay, we gotta go. And at that point they can't because it's gonna take a certain amount of time to, to get the ship fully operational again. And at that point, Captain, who, who again was very smart, Captain American. He was he was great. He was great because he's like, um, I'm suspicious now because clearly somebody tampered with our stuff, so nobody's allowed back on the ship until I fix it. Mm-hmm. He also so gave him a 72-hour time frame, and that was not 72 hours. That was like 12. Hey, I mean, you give him an overestimate so that when you fix it real quick, they're like, this guy's awesome. We're going to hire him again. Exactly. Uh, he knows he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but so they, they are getting off. But I, I guess they, they, they refroze the Cyberpen. They're on ice just in case we need him again. Yeah. In case someone else is dumb enough to go back in there. I do have a question because obviously the Cybermen are aware of their current, you know, of how much like their race has been become extinct. Do they know that the doctor is mostly responsible for that or do they hold humanity in general as responsible for their extinction? Um they called him out uh when he when the controller first Yeah, came. he said you, but did he mean you doctor or just you humans? Uh I think he meant specifically the doctor cuz he's he was like we know of you. You are intelligent. Um and then he started listing the times that they encountered him. Oh. Oh, did they? I blinked. Uh, I would, I, yeah. And I'm not supposed to do that, but I did. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, blink. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was Wrong something. Villains. Again, but no. there were other people there, too, so I wasn't sure if he was talking about the doctor specifically or if he just meant intelligent humans in general. The yeah, League of I Magicians. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it as that he was talking specifically about the doctor hmm. yet. I didn't think that the Cybermen had really, like, Connected the doctor through, but like yeah, and he we did... haven't seen the moon base episode, so we don't yeah. know if they recognize him. Yeah, because um, the tenth planet one was just, oops. Yeah, feel yeah. free to yell at us, guys. Please if do. You're listening or watching <laughs> Educate on YouTube. us. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we can be wrong on this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, overall, though, what did you guys think of this this Cybermen story? Like, this is our first experience with Patrick Troughton, who I think uh, is just a fun doctor. But the Cybermen in particular, and this one story, what was your overall reaction? I think with the exception of seeing the footage used in reverse when they go back <laughs> into their tomb. Um, the saran wrap just I, seals up. I really liked it. I had so much fun with these episodes. I, 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 And again, I love the Cybermen, so it was cool to see them upgraded from the last time that we had seen them. And and they, you know, the, the antagonists were a little dumb, you know, in their logic, logic, quote-unquote, but <laughs> Logical. This, this was so much fun. I, I can't use, stress that enough. This was a great set of episodes. Um, I Yeah, I also really enjoyed it. Uh, like, the only issue I had was the Toberman character, and that's just because. Yeah. yeah, and let's let's well let's get into well let's get into it. Um, it's, it's it's reached that time of the episode. <laughs> uh, again, we have to remind ourselves and everyone: this is 1967. We've come a long way. It doesn't um, make it right. No, um, there's a lot of racism in this episode. A lot of racism. <laughs> Um, and Doctor Who is not innocent at any time of being 
the the best show the most they're today fairly progressive you're talking about very positive to like in the current run very positive black characters right at the forefront of the show female characters are like constant throughout the show even if the doctor is always male but toberman is a servant who has about three words in his vocabulary. Right. Um, yeah, and, and that was the issue. Because, like, for me, I think maybe if I hadn't just seen an episode where there was, like, a black man on a spaceship doing, like, important things, and then it's like, oh, uh, season and a half later, uh, we're back to this. Well, um, and yeah. both episodes take place in the future. One took place in 86, which was from, you know, obviously the future yeah. in the 60s. And then I don't even know what year we're in at this point in time, but it's like one step forward, like lots and lots and lots we're, of steps back. Yeah, we're yeah. far, far in the future because they're on another planet and the Cybermen have been extinct for, or been dead for 500 years. So we're thousands, potentially thousands of years in the future. So, on one hand, we have representation in that our villains are supposedly Indian, judging from the accents, and that we do have a black character. On the other hand, (laughs) all of the characters who are not white bred are evil or racist Groot, basically. Right. And And two out of those characters are presumably played by white people, I think. I, I didn't Part, actually... It, it's in black and white, so we really... It's <laughs> hard to tell. The, the, but, you're talking about Klieg and... Gotha. Yes. I, they're, they're that um, sort of... light What are they? They're like ethnic, racially but like... Ambiguous. With, yeah, racially ambiguous. Like, we yeah. don't know what they are, but they're not white. Right. Well, um, it's, it's the same thing um, with Star Trek. Uh, originally, you know, Ricardo Montalban was cast as Khan, and Khan is supposed to be Indian, and the closest they could get was a Hispanic actor. And it's it's very similar here. You know, the closest they can get to hiring Indian actors is two white people and a black guy. Again, they might have been light skinned Indian. They might have been mixed race. We don't. I highly I mean, doubt oh, it. They, they I don't. They. I. I. I don't believe that they are white. But that's neither here nor there. They yeah. are the the most ethnic. They might be like part something, part something else. Like regardless of that, this they're is an unfortunate racial overtone in that, like, the only people who are even a little bit darker are, are evil. evil. Right. Yeah. And, and they keep a slave. There's can... no... there's the, the crazy part was that they call out, like, do you want... Like, the doctor's like, do you want to be a slave? Yeah. And then I couldn't... For me, I thought, like, is he being sarcastic? <laughs> um. Well, and we can understand that it was the times. These were not extremely progressive in media and we still have those issues in media today let's face it but we can understand that there was a lot more overt racism in the 60s and we can take a step back and go i really enjoyed these episodes of doctor who they are extremely problematic and i recognize that xyz and theta are the problems but i can still like it and recognize that there's issues yeah and that's kind of what needs to happen because when you deny that there's a problem that's a problem. Exactly. And yeah. that's why I wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about it. Not a whole lot. We don't yeah. need to harp on it. But just to, like, remind ourselves that, like, we've moved forward. We have come a long way from this. But there's a fun science fiction well, story. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't mean to cut you. Oh. oh. <laughs> Thank you, Not Steven. Not harping on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the only 
frustrating thing is, is that the writing a lot of times with Doctor Who, you know, even at the time, seems to be more progressive than that within its themes. So it's so it's so weird to see this disconnect between what what is there in the undertones and what actually comes across in the finished product. And granted, that's any anything that you know is created by media these days. But it's really frustrating when you see elements there that it's like, hey, this is the message that we're trying to get across. But then there's still this overt racism that is blatantly in our product. But we right. do it with brown and black villains and slavery. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. Um, it's okay. <laughs> um, but if there's not any other thoughts on this, I think we've, we've covered the, uh, the 60s oh, <laughs> and yeah. their mentality uh, enough on this show. Um, but Overall, so final thoughts. Just this was like a was a fun episode. It's this historic episode. It was a lost episode for a long time. Uh, re like refound in 1992, yeah. um, which to us is like, oh, so they've had it for a long time. But, uh, <laughs> That's a long time to be lost. I mean, yeah, it was lost for what 25 years um, yeah. before they they found it again. But yeah, a fun episode. And uh, but I think. That's gonna do it for this uh, this edition of Doctor Who Classics. Much like the Doctor, uh, I never like to make predictions because yeah. uh, we kind of know the future. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I unfortunately have to let you know that we are going to be off. Uh, classics, classic Doctor Who is going to be off for the month of November. Um, scheduling just. Uh, uh, it's it's more on, like on me than anybody else, but um, I've m- like work schedules and everything's picking up. This has been going to be a crazy month, and everybody needs like a little bit of breathing room. But just think of it as more time to watch and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch the Doctor Who finale and the after show, which will absolutely be coming to you on Monday evenings with Mr. Matt Lieberman. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, Tar Miller, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, you can also find me here uh, on the Arrow panel and the the 100 panel. Megan Salinas? Uh, I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaje. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on the Z Nation panel, Arrow and Ruby, which is having its season finale tomorrow night. All right, guys. I'm Zach Wilson. And before I forget, uh, we, we we will be back first week of December with The Web of Fear here yeah. on Doctor Who Classics. That's so- not the planet of giant spiders, is it? Yep. Uh, We will be back with that. Um, But yeah, I'm Zach Wilson. You can keep up with me on my other shows uh, while we're here. Uh, Grim, Resurrection, Z Nation, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., lots of stuff. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Hope you tune into my show, Untold with Maria Menounos, this Thursday night at 8 on E! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.